Today's episode of Recovery Survey is fueled by Brainwash Coffee Company. I'm sure you've heard that drug and alcohol use is on the rise, especially during the pandemic. And Brainwash Coffee Company is working to raise money and awareness to support people seeking help. They donate 50% of their profits and their mission is to give back to the amazing recovery community. Their why is bold and their coffee is fresh. So if you want to sip on an amazing brew that warms your mind, body, and soul, then visit brainwashcoffeeco.com and use promo code recovery survey at checkout to get $5 off your first order. Brainwash Coffee Company, simple coffee for complicated people. You're listening to Recovery Survey, the podcast that shatters stigmas around different types of addictions and takes a deep dive into spiritual principles. Yoga is really useful for dealing with the symptoms of trauma. So most people have trauma that led them into addiction. Yoga forces you to practice sitting in your intensity and being with your sensations and being still. My guest today is named Rosemary Hallbrook. She is a yoga teacher and she is currently studying to be certified as a yoga therapist and a Vedic astrologer. Welcome to the show, Rosemary. I am Rosemary Holbrook. That's my name. I don't know. I have a lot of like titles or things about me, I guess, but that's my name. Welcome to the show, Rosemary. Excited to to have this conversation with you today. Excited to hear more about your recovery journey and and you had mentioned, you know, going an alternative route. So I'm excited to hear more about that and just really give people an idea of some different viable pathways to recovery. Cause I know a lot of us come in from a 12 step background and, and, mm. and me for sure. The first couple of years I was in recovery, I thought it was 12 step or nothing. I didn't even know there was any other, any other program, any other way. So I'm excited to hear more about that and excited to have you on the show today. Right on. Well, thanks for having me and thanks for having this show i think it's an awesome concept oh thank you i i really appreciate that i love having different conversations with people all around the world talking about recovery talking about mental health just you know anything that's in that vein i love talking about and it's it's just awesome to hear other people's experiences and hear people's stories and i, I think a lot of people can benefit from hearing other people's stories and, and seeing the similarities or or seeing things that they could do differently or maybe some yeah. things that they could try uh, and see if maybe the the things that other people do would work for them, and I just think it's a, an awesome, an awesome platform and a good way to be able to to share that message and to hopefully share some wisdom and share some ideas and some learning and some understanding. So I'm excited to to hear what you have to say today. For sure, thanks. Yeah, I think stories are like they're so important. Like a lot of time, you know, it's good, it's helpful to hear other people's stories, but then also sometimes I think we can get caught up in like our own story or narrative that we're telling ourselves i don't know i like i resonate with what you said a few minutes ago about like alternative paths so i i tried 12 steps i even for a while so i'm a yoga teacher now that's what i do and i even tried there's this thing called y12sr which is the yoga of 12 step recovery and i did that certification tried like facilitating those classes and 12 steps was just like something about me in 12 steps. Like I don't, not my jam. 
I know it works for a lot of people. Maybe it's because like I'm from like a small town and it was just a bunch of like old guys there. And I was like 21, you know, when I was trying to go to 12 step meetings and it was just like, I was like, I don't feel like this is not, it didn't feel helpful to me at the time, but my dad was always into 12 steps. So my dad was in recovery from like, since before he even met my mom, like his whole life, it was like his whole identity, you know, recovery was, and it's just not. So that's why I'm like excited to be here because recovery is, I've been clean off of IV opiates for years now I don't even keep count so that's one interesting thing about me in the recovery world I don't know like at any given time if you ask me I have to like do math of how long I've been clean because I don't like define myself by that date it's not my primary identity being a person in recovery but it is a part of my story like we were talking about before like it's a very important part of my story it will always be part of who I am it's not like how I form my identity now which I think is why I didn't really resonate with 12-step that much. And I have since gone on to get a degree in health and wellness promotion. And kind of one of the things we learned or they focused on hard in that degree was like just this subtle mindset shift. Like say somebody has like say type 2 diabetes, like the the one that is theoretically curable, right? Onset later in life. Uh, The subtle mindset shift between I have diabetes versus I am diabetic or like I have been an addict before I have an addiction versus I am an addict like that kind of mindset shift is really important to like detaching yourself from the identity of that thing I feel like and there's some decent evidence to support this that keeping that identity on that thing will will keep you stuck there for longer Does that makes sense yeah, that totally makes sense. And I was listening to another re- recovery podcast called Chasing Heroin. Shout out to Janine and Nate. And they were talking about it. There was a guy who just recently celebrated four years. And he said the same thing as you. I don't I don't keep track of the date, but the other co-host was the one that, that brought it up. And 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 there were basically two schools of thought on that. And, and I can see the validity of both of them. So the guy that didn't count his time, his his point of view is kind of like what you're talking about here, where... It's not my identity. I don't want to focus on that. And I don't want to allow myself to become uh, almost arrogant or prideful about how Mm. much time I have and have my whole identity wrapped up. And I have this many years or I have this many months or I have this many whatever. And then the other person was saying, she said, well, I see it from a different point of view. My point of view is I think the reason that it's important is because it shows other people that are newer in the program that you know, it's possible to sustain long-term recovery. It's possible to, yeah. to to do this thing and and not just show up to meetings and see people that have a year or less. And then it's like, is it possible to do this for more than a year? So I see both perspectives and I right. understand that it's important for some people, but I agree with you and the, and the idea that I don't want my entire identity wrapped up in how much time I have. Like, look at me, look how great I am. Look at what I've done. Like, I don't, I, I, I totally get that. I think the kind of little subtle difference is that like there's a lot of shame involved in picking up a white chip Mm -hmm, or whatever. mm -hmm. And one thing I learned early in my recovery journey, because so it it took me a couple of years, it took me a couple of years of bouncing in and out of rooms, rehabs, 
hospital, whatever, like all the, all the places, jail, all of those places for a couple of years, making attempts at getting clean. And what I learned is that like, I would go longer and longer between relapses before it finally stuck. And when I let go of that shame of picking up a white chip, it was easier for me. I don't know. That is is more nuanced than that. Like, you know what I mean? And like the chips are cool. It's a cool little like gamification, like reward system, you know, but I also like, I know somebody in my life, right. And that I've known for a long time. And she's like recently realized she has like a problem relationship with drinking. And she's like, Oh, I'm on day 84. And I'm like having a hard day because of like life stuff. A parent was sick or something to that effect. And she's like, I just want to make it a day 85. And I feel like there's something to knowing how long you've been clean. Like I, like I can do the math and I'm like, okay, it was six years. It was like November of 2016. How long I've been clean is 2022 now. So that's like six years and I have to do the math, but I don't like identify myself. That's the mindset shift. I think I'm trying to make is like early on, you're going to know, you're not going to have to do math Mm -hmm. to figure out like how long you know, it's going to be more fresh on your mind. But when you like identify yourself by that date, there's a lot of shame in having and and then we have to get into the territory of like, well, what's a relapse if you like pick up again? But like sometimes I find myself having a problematic relationship with social media or food or like anything else. And that's not like considered a relapse, but I can like more easily get back on track with my healthy lifestyle when I'm not like shaming myself about it. Yeah, that that totally makes sense. And and I'm the same way. I mean, if there's something that I can abuse, if there's something that brings me pleasure or joy or whatever, I will overindulge in whatever that is, whether that's food. I mean, I'm I just finished eating lunch, so I feel like food is on the top of, of mind at the moment. But like I, I probably ate a little bit more than I should have today at lunch. But yeah, I mean anything, social media that's one that I want to have an entire episode on and I haven't found anybody to speak on, but I want to talk to somebody about technology addiction. Cause that yeah. is a real serious thing. And there, I mean, I would almost argue that the vast majority of us are addicted to the, the tiny rectangle in our pocket. Yeah. Well, and how do we navigate it? Because so like, I also have a podcast and I'm like, I would love to just not be on social media anymore. It feels problematic in my life. I can feel like addictive tendencies around it. I can see that showing up, but I'm like, if I want to run an online business, I think we connected over social media. You know what I mean? So I'm like, there's value to it. And I'm like, how can I run an online business? It's, It's becoming increasingly like, how do we live with that? But I guess that's kind of the thing is like, none of us can live without food. Some people have a problematic relationship with food. Some people don't. Same thing with shopping. Like some people are like addicted to shopping, but we got to at least go grocery shopping. There's no not shopping in this life. Yeah. We got to just learn how to navigate it. And I think that's kind of what I was getting at with the whole like clean date thing. We got to learn how to like recognize our tendencies and recognize when they're getting unhealthy and have a healthier outlet, which for me is yoga like that's the kind of biggest part of my story so just to preface I am not I don't like to share ever really about the sort of like traumatic stuff which often they call in the rooms like sharing your war stories or whatever and I feel like that's another one of those things that people are like oh it gives you like credibility it shows people like what you've been through and I'm like okay you can like believe me or not that I've like been through some shit 
you know, yeah. like whatever, I don't care. But what I've learned since, because when I got the time I got clean that it stuck, the distinction when I look back on it, and even at the time, I was like, what is the difference? Like, why do I feel so much better this time? Is because I got back into doing yoga, which was a hobby I had that I loved before I started really heavily using. Like I started doing yoga when I was like 15. And then by the time I was like 19, I was using too much to have hobbies, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that was out the window. And uh, when I found my way back to it, when I was like 23 or so, that was the time that it stuck. Like, you know, that's when I got clean and I've stayed clean since. And so I kind of made it my mission to like figure out why. And it has taken me down this rabbit hole of like trauma work. So when I, what I discovered ultimately was like yoga is really useful for dealing with the symptoms of trauma. So most people have trauma that led them into addiction, most addicts, whatever. I'm not going around diagnosing people. That's not my lane, but like most people have been through traumatic stuff. Everything's, you know, and it's so subjective that it's like something that somebody who's been through something really hard might be like, that's not a big deal. Like mm-hmm. pull up your big girl panties, whatever might really be traumatic to somebody else. And then we go out and we use, and no matter what we go through traumatic, like that whole situation is traumatic. And what I've kind of learned is that the paradigm, the like current paradigm around a lot of things the rooms included are like sharing what I hear a lot of people, they share like their war stories and it's just like re-traumatizing and you don't have to do that. You can heal from the trauma without re-traumatizing yourself through reliving the experiences. And it comes, and so the reason yoga helps is it comes down to like recognizing when you like, when you feel triggered by something, by like, I don't know. That's what I notice these days when I feel triggered. What I what I go to is like social media often, personally. I'm like when I feel triggered, like have a big emotion, whatever, something hard. And I want to numb instead of using. I'm so far like removed from that lifestyle. That's not, I'm not really worried about it anymore. But like it just shows up in in other ways. Like when I feel triggered, I end up like numbing, doom scrolling, whatever, you know what I mean? Numbing in that way. And so there are other ways. And so that's kind of the magic yoga forces you to practice sitting in your intensity and being with your sensations and being still in that and it's in a very controlled like safe environment where you're like really just like physical sensations like you can do this deep stretch and it creates like a lot of sensation and when we're like you know numbing we're like no sensations no thank you like you know and so it kind of reverses that pattern of running from sensations and feelings like emotions and sensations, feelings in the body are very interrelated and not many nooks and crannies of our culture treat them that way. Like most places they're treated separately. Like you go to a mental health practitioner and you go to a like physician, a physical doctor, and they don't for the most part, like talk to each other. Like they're two separate people, two separate offices. They might refer back and forth, but they're not like a part of a treatment team for the most part. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That was a tangent. <laughs> I'm like, that's my whole, that's like what I'm about these days. I'm like feeling trauma through yoga. And it could be, you know, that that trauma shows up as addictive tendencies. That's what it was for me. It could be like 
a lot of other things. Some people don't ever end up with a substance use disorder and they still have trauma showing up in a weird way in their life and yoga can help. I love that. And and just the, the approach you're talking about and, and it sounds like yoga is kind of the complete opposite. Like you were, like you mentioned, like the drugs is like, get rid of the feelings, get rid of the sensations and yoga is, is the complete opposite. And that, I mean, that makes sense when you think about it that way, that, that if you're trying to escape this, you go to the opposite end of that, of that spectrum. It makes so much sense. Yeah. Well, it was mostly just like, I started out just cause I was like, it seemed exotic. Mm-hmm. This is interesting, which also when I started out yoga, it was like 2008 and it was much less pervasive. This was like when I first started yoga, it was like around 2008 and it was much less like pervasive in our culture than it is now. I think it's a little more of a, like a household word now than it was then. It's still like a little bit exotic, I think. And a lot of people still don't really like know what it's about or may not even know that that like whole side of it that I was just describing is like the point. I don't know where I heard this. I'm sure it didn't come out of my brain. Like I'm sure I heard of it somewhere, but I've kind of been saying it for a while come for the crazy shapes and stay for the mental health. Like that's why I was like a 15 year old and I was like, I want to put my body in crazy shapes. And same thing when I came back, you know, after using, I was like, I want to do handstands on mountain cliffs and like cool shit, you know, like that. And then along the way, I was like, why do I not feel like using anymore? Why does that work? Why did that work for me when I tried like seemingly everything else? I was in a long-term rehab for a year, uh, relapsed after that, you know, like I went to jail, I was homeless, like all the things. I tried the rooms multiple times, multiple places, multiple ways, like did the 90-90, did all that, did all the things you're supposed to do. And it it was during an IOP that I was in for charts that I got, court ordered to this IOP. This is what I think the difference, because what I wasn't in a long-term, like I went to, this was after the long-term place. And I was like in the town that I used in and I had to get a job and work and live there. And so meanwhile, I was like, okay, I'm just like waiting tables and everybody at this restaurant like drinks and shit and they want me to party with them. And I was like, it's probably not a good idea for me. I have to pass drug tests at this IOP. And so I was like, well, what else can I do with like my time? while I'm like chilling, you know, just working part-time at this restaurant and going to an IOP three days a week, I started going to a gym. I started going to the Y, in fact, in Raleigh, North Carolina. And yeah, I just started taking yoga classes there because I was like, I used to enjoy this. I was like exploring the things I used to enjoy, you know, picked up painting again, that kind of stuff. I was like trying to explore. so, So that's what like something I want to always point out is that like, like the rooms, AA and NA, that kind of stuff can be great for people. Like it works, it does, but it doesn't necessarily work for everybody. And the framework is good. I think it's like, you need to have something like you need to have a connection to something like everybody needs to have a community. Right. And for me, I found that like in yoga. And so other people could find it. Another thing, like, so my husband got clean around the same time as me and we're like now we have like, like two kids in the house and all the things uh that everybody wishes for i guess you know and he didn't he yoga wasn't his thing but he also like never went to rehab or anything and so it's like i think everybody just needs to have something it doesn't matter really what as long as you have like a community 
and, you know, it could be therapy. It could be whatever. Although I will say I also early on tried therapy and I was like in engineering school at the time and they were like, why don't you just do more clubs so you don't have time? You know, so I'm like, they're like good and bad therapists is what I'm trying to get at. But I just want to point out that like, you have to have something, you have to have a community, you have to have a spiritual connection. It doesn't really matter what it looks like, you know? And for me, it was just yoga had all of those things. You know, there's a community, there's like, you can like do yoga, your teacher asks for your name and like, will notice when you show up regularly. And so when you start showing up regularly, they'll, they'll notice when you don't, that kind of thing. And, you know, it, it exists there too. And I think that that's the recipe. I agree with you. And and one of the common themes that I think I've seen over having interviews with people, I mean, I, I've been doing this podcast for, I was talking about it earlier, almost three years now. So I feel like I've had just like a ton of conversations nice. with people in the recovery space. Yeah. And one, and some of the, the common themes that I see, no matter what kind of program somebody works or if they don't work one, whatever, one of the, one of the common themes that I see, and you mentioned one is connection, which is a huge, huge piece of the recovery puzzle is that connection with other people, that connection with that higher power or spirit or whatever you want to call that being, or, you know, I don't want to offend anybody, you know, whatever that, that source of spiritual power is. And then the other thing that I've seen is purpose. So if you have connection and purpose, that Mm -hmm. gives you the reasons not to go back to the drugs because now you have that connection, you have that community, you have that, you know, you may have that spiritual peace and then the purpose. Why, why am I here? What, what gets me out of bed in the morning? What brings me joy? What, you know, like, and that can be anything that could be a podcast. That could be yoga. That could be your career. That could be your children. That can be whatever, you know, fill in the blank. It's going to be different for everybody, but I think those two things are are crucial in this recovery. If we want it to be, if we want to achieve sustainable long term recovery, I think those are two of the of the of the common ingredients that we need to have. Yeah, I agree, and I think there's like so. This is the thing. I'm a super nerd. Like I mentioned a few minutes ago, I was in engineering school. I think I said that. I don't know. I was in engineering school around the time I got like really bad off. I mean, I, you know, like I partied in high school and so I can look back on it and be like, well, this was kind of showing up for me. Like before I was like sticking needles in my arm, like there was tendencies before it got really bad. Right. So I can look back on it and and notice that, but it was while I was in engineering school that I got like really bad off. So I'm a super nerd. Right. And so like, that's just, uh, just like a thing about me. I'm a nerd. And so when I got got clean that time and I was just working at this restaurant, you know, finish the IOP. Like now what am I going to go back to engineering school? Cause I only had like a year left when I got clean this time. Right. You know? And I was like, no, probably shouldn't do that because I tried three times. I didn't fail out. Like I was still getting straight A's while I was using, which is wild. And I had a job. And so like, I was like a high functioning addict, I guess. I was like, I think there's something about that that's like making me miserable. It was like, it was like something that I'm good at, but it wasn't, it definitely wasn't like my purpose. And especially once I got like into the last year of it and I was like applying for internships and I was really learning like what the daily life of an engineer was going to be like, I was like, this is not my jam, you know, (laughs) like not for me. And I was like, it's making me miserable. There were other factors, of course, 
But so I was like, I guess I'll just go to yoga teacher training because that's a thing I've always wanted to do, right? Like you mentioned that connection to like spirit. I think sometimes this is what I'm getting at with this, just going like the long story route, which is fun, right? Like stories are fun. Like that's where we can see the humanity. We can see ourselves and other people's stories a lot too. I was like, I just want to know why yoga works for me. Like, why did it work? Why do I feel so much better now? Which I have to also say, like, I was in therapy too. Like that, the intensive outpatient I was in was like, there are some good therapists there, even though it was like a court ordered one. So they were like limited when it comes to resources compared to some other ones, but there were some good therapists there. And so I was also like getting therapy. So I can't like say it was only yoga. I want to make that distinction clearly because yoga will help you like recognize your sensations, your feelings, your deep, dark stuff. Sometimes it can still be like what you find. You can need some extra support from a licensed trained professional, like a therapist to sort through that stuff. Right. Because that's the difference. That's the difference between you can just do yoga. Like I've known plenty of people that do plenty of yoga and they're still like crazy, you know, and they just never had a substance use disorder. So like I was saying earlier, it was like never bad enough to warrant, you know, some big life change. But like for me, it was, you know, it was like bad enough that I was like, hmm, maybe I should not go to engineering school anymore. So this is the long story roundabout. What I'm getting to is like, I ended up finishing my degree in health and wellness promotion because I just thought that I was like, I'm just going to pick something that seems like it would go well with yoga teaching so that I can have a degree because I was only like two semesters away from having a degree. So I was like, I should do this. This is the thing that I should just do, even though I don't feel like it. I feel like I'm doing fine without one. Anyway, I did it. And one of the things I learned in that degree is that connection to something greater than yourself, for one thing. Because like like I was saying, like I'm a super nerd. I don't really like vibe with it's like science is starting to catch up that there might like this dark matter, dark energy, whatever. It could be spirit. It could be source. It could be. Who knows? Maybe it's not. Maybe we're all just like a little crazy and we're meaning making creatures and we like to assign meaning to things that don't really have meaning. Maybe that works too. Like a placebo effect. It's fine. It works. But human connection, that is still a connection to something greater than yourself. If you're like, I'm serving this mission, I, this community is counting on me doesn't matter if you believe in spirit or not like whatever you want to call that and that's one thing that I think I got hung up on too because like you could go down a whole like rabbit hole of religious trauma I mean I'm born and raised in North Carolina and like the Bible Belt it's very strong here I'm an astrologer and a yoga teacher now and I live in the hills of Appalachia where everybody's super Christian and I'm like don't let my neighbors find out and I'm just a heathen on the hill up here doing astrology and yoga and stuff. But it works for me, right? And there's like stuff around that. I can see why people are like, we have these visceral reactions to stuff that come from our past. Astrology feels like nerdy to me. It feels like the, the nerdy way to like have a spiritual connection. And people ask me all the time. They're like, you know, the planets don't really affect us, right? And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm not saying they affect us. I'm saying they go through cycles. And we go through cycles and it gives me something to like think about, which is helpful. 
Did that make sense? That was like a really long ramble. <laughs> I hope I like made. No, no, you, no, you're fine. <laughs> the point I was trying to make. I think you did. I think you did. Um, well, we're getting kind of towards the end of the time, and I, I feel like this has just flown by. But I would love to give you the opportunity to to let us know about your podcast, where people can find it. Uh, you said you also had some social media profiles. If you could tell us where to find those, what the handles are, that kind of thing, that would be awesome. So my stuff is all Yogi Scopes. Y-O-G-I-S-D-O-P-E-S. So that's what like you can find me on Facebook is that Instagram. I don't really use Instagram that much, but I have one. And you can also like, you can just email me rosemary at yogiscopes.com. That is, so you, that's my website and you can like poke around. There's like, you can read about, I share a little bit more there on my website about like my story. And so that's my podcast. I have two. One is just astrology, yogi scopes, like yoga horoscopes. And so if you want to kind of put this stuff this is like my program, basically. If you want to put it into action in your life, you can tune into that podcast. It's just astrology updates and like yoga practices. But if you want to hear more about like the nerdy science stuff behind it, go down some of those rabbit holes with me of like, why does yoga work? I've already put out a decent amount of episodes about, you know, my story is the very first one. I think, did I already say it? The Science of Light is the name of that podcast. And so the very first episode is like more in depth of my story. I share more about some of those things I mentioned, like the religious trauma piece, the like got some daddy issues, you know, like that kind of stuff. I shared more about it there in the very first episode. And then I also did a few episodes early on about like the nervous system and trauma and like why yoga works for trauma. And so I also want to say like my podcast has gotten like a lot more polished and I've gotten better at it. Now I go back and listen and I'm like, some of those first episodes are like, I still tell people to go listen to them. And I'm like, they're kind of a painful listen. So don't judge the quality of the podcast based on that. But just know in your brain that if you want to do something big and scary and put yourself out in the world like that, that it's going to sound shitty at first. And you have to just keep doing it and you'll get better. So I, that's why I like to leave those up. And I still send people there, even though I'm like, if that's your first run in with the podcast, you're going to be like, this podcast sucks. But the message is there. Oh, no, I, I feel that. I, I had a coworker yesterday that I was on the phone with. And he was like, yeah, so I started listening to your podcast. I was like, oh, cool, man. He's like, yeah, I started on episode one. I was like, oh, no. Don't do that. No. He's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, that was, it's, the editing's a yeah. little rough. I was like, yeah. Skip like yeah. the first 15. <laughs> it was in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, maybe I'll go back and re-record those episodes, but. Right now, I'm like, that's the process. That's part of it. You got to like be shitty at something before you can be good at it. That's just how it goes. And I don't want to like cover that up and act like it's not true. Exactly. And I think it's, it's it's good to have that reminder where you can go back and see the growth that you've had. And mm-hmm. and I agree with you. I, I don't want people to, to go back if they look at the first episode, think that I just knew how to do this all along. Like I had no idea what right. I was doing. I had a $20 mic I got on Amazon. I had no idea how to edit. I didn't know what I was doing. And it was the first couple episodes are probably, I haven't gone back and listened to them recently. I'm sure they're a train wreck, but yeah. I know that the the actual content's good. It just probably doesn't sound great. Right. Because I didn't know what I was doing. But yeah, I agree. I, I, I want there to, I don't want to hide and pretend like I'm some kind of perfect person that, you know, has like this perfectly polished podcast and is a professional and all this. Like, I'm just a regular guy with, with a microphone and a computer talking to people and on And a Zoom. message. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wasn't that like also just a good analogy for recovery is like none of us know what we're doing at first and we find our own way. Like it's all, nobody. it's not easy. It's like hard at first and you got to suck at it 
before you get good at it. And that's what I think early on, I was like, when do I get the house, the husband, the babies, the things, you know, that might not be everybody's goals, right? Like, I'm not saying it should be. That's actually kind of why I enjoy astrology is like, you can look into your own birth chart and decide what your goals are for you and not based on what anybody else thinks your goals should be. But they were my goals. And I fixed my credit. I did all the things. It was kind of like I woke up one day and I was like, I'm here. And it's been hard the whole time. You know, <laughs> like it it doesn't really get easier, but you kind of like figure it out. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, that makes total sense. And I love that you brought that back into recovery. Yeah. And, and it made me think I have a friend who's been in recovery for, oh God, I think 25, 26 years. I don't know. He's... He's a good friend, and and one th one thing that he always says, and it's just stuck with me, and I feel like it's become like a mantra in my own life is practice makes better. We get better mm -hmm. at the things we practice. We don't ever get perfect, but we get better. And I that's feel right. like that's anything. Like we were just talking about podcast recovery, life, credit, relationships, whatever whatever life presents. If we practice to those areas, we'll get well. Hopefully, we'll get better over time. Yep. But we're never going to be perfect. That's right. Hype dream perfection. That's right. Well, Rosemary, I, I really do appreciate you coming on the show today. It was a pleasure talking with you. I look forward to diving into your podcasts and listening to some episodes, getting some more information. Awesome. Thanks for having me. And really digging into that. So yeah, it's, yeah. it was a pleasure. So uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Rosemary, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was a pleasure talking with you. If you guys are interested in finding out more about her podcast or her website, be sure to check out the links in the show notes. You've been listening to Recovery Survey. If you got anything out of today's episode, I'd ask you to please leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can find us at recoverysurvey.com. You can listen to all of our episodes on the website as well as connect with us on social media where you can get previews for upcoming episodes.